good company of one another, he who meets us as we sing and confess and share our faith. It is a great joy to be with you to share in this time of worship, especially those who may be visiting you, our guest. Bless us with your presence. We pray this is a blessed time for us all as we worship God together. And I would just remind you of the registration pads that we find in our pews because those help us to know of your sharing and worship at First Church this morning. And again, we thank you. As we share this morning, we are excited about ministries before us in this coming week and weeks uh, as well. I hope to see you at the church picnic on Tuesday evening, 5.30 at Fielddale Park. We see some information regarding that uh, great time of fellowship before us. And again, I hope to see you there. Uh, also, the invitation to support our Vacation Bible School as that quickly approaches in July. And, and an invitation that I will uh, lift before you, uh, we don't find that in our bulletin, but some months ago, uh, just through some connections of faith communities within this area, uh, we were contacted about something called the Jericho Project. Uh, the Jericho Project I see as something like a portable vacation Bible school. That is, the leaders of this Jericho Project, this portable vacation Bible school, have a trailer full of crafts and foods and equipment uh, to make vacation Bible school happen on site and there are about six sites in this region where the Jericho Project takes place. Again, we were contacted about that, and those contacts have meant leaders of this ministry will be on site here tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. So if you would like to see how the Jericho Project functions, it will take place about 4.30 to 5.15. Uh, children from the Early Learning Center and parents and whomever would like to see this in operation I invite you uh, to, to be here. I look forward to seeing this ministry happen as we consider whether or not we feel this is something we're being led to do, but I'm grateful for the contacts, grateful to have shared in this conversation, and grateful that Jericho Project uh, leaders will be here tomorrow and that children from the Early Learning Center will get to uh, be a part of that, again, 4.30 here at the church. And next Friday, a very exciting ministry is before us, and I'll invite Megan and Madeline to speak to us of this ministry. Well, next Friday and Saturday, we will have a 24-hour mini-mission called Small Hands Big Mission. And it is for our older children, our fourth rising fourth through seventh graders, as they prepare to age into youth group in the coming years. And this is an opportunity to start them in overnight missions and uh, just separate them from our younger children some as they prepare to age up for our youth group. And we will be gathering in the Uptown Ministry Center at 5 p.m. on Friday, and then we will conclude at 5 p.m. on Saturday. And we will have worship and games, lots of food and fun together, while also doing several community mission opportunities. We'll be making hygiene kits for our lunch bunch and food bank clients, we will be visiting shut-ins and going to see some of those that are unable to get out. And then we will also be doing some yard work for some of our members that uh, need a little help. So we're looking forward to this fun time over the weekend and um, just making some new relationships with our older children. If you have any questions or would like to come be a part of this, let me know. We are taking up items for our hygiene kits. If you'd like to donate, that's in your bulletin. We're especially looking for shampoo and conditioner and lotion in the travel size, and we'll be taking those up until Friday. So thank you so much.
Thank you, Megan. We're excited about that and look forward to it. Uh, you see before us, again, we share from the Gospel of Mark, uh, very prominent before us as we worship this year. Jesus calms the raging sea that is before us, and I look forward to sharing that word and invite us now to prepare to worship God together. Thank you, Beth. Our call to worship is before us. Let us stand as we share in this call. In the midst of life's storms, God is there. In the darkness and terror, 
God is with us. Rise up, people of God, for you are loved and saved. Seated. 
invite us to go to God as we pray. Our opening prayer is before us. Let us pray. O God, who is greater than the most powerful forces in this world, enable us to be still and know that you are God. O Lord, who answers out of the whirlwind of everyday life, breathe in us your Holy Spirit to strengthen, comfort, and guide us in the midst of the storm. O still small voice, speak to us this hour that we might become makers of your peace in our homes, in our communities, in our world. We pray all this in the name of the one who calmed the raging sea. Amen. We share our Old Testament lesson from the book of Job. As God speaks with Job, reminding Job of God's mighty power and of the fact that it is God who has created and brought all things into being, who is Lord over all creation, as we anticipate Jesus as Lord as he calms the raging sea. Let us pray. Lord, stir within us desire for you and your word. Fill us, Lord, as we share in this time of worship Satisfy us that we may go from here drawn closer to you and with a greater love of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Then the Lord answered to Job out of the whirlwind, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you, and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the children of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed bounds for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus shall you come and no further, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. This is the word of our Lord. And I invite our children to come forward as Megan leads us in our children's time. Good morning. We have an extra kid with us this morning. She's a little bit smaller than you. That's why I'm holding her. Well, this morning, our Bible lesson is going to come from Mark, and you'll probably hear it in Children's Church, and we'll be talking about Jesus, who's in the boat when the storm comes and his disciples get scared. I know a couple weeks ago, we talked about what makes you scared. Well, I'll tell you something about Natalie. She gets scared, and she cries a lot when she gets scared. Like at night, we have her in her room now, and it's dark. And if she wakes up in the middle of the night and it's dark, she cries because she wants me to be there right away. And if I don't come right away, she cries louder and louder and louder and louder until I come and get her. And she's scared, I'm sure. Like, where's Mama? 
Where is she? Where's Daddy? Where's Grandma or Grandpa? Well, sometimes we act that way with our parents, too. I'm sure you do. Something happens and you get worried that Mom or Dad's not going to come, like if you fall down and skin your knee, and, or if you're at school and you're waiting because they may run a little late. Well, in our Bible story, the disciples get scared because Jesus doesn't come right away when the storm happens, and they get scared. But you'll find out in the end of the story that Jesus calms the storm, and he's there, and he tells them to have faith. And that's what we have to do when we get scared. We have faith that, like Maddie, has to have faith that mommy's coming, and you have faith that your mom and dad are coming to help you if you've fallen or if you're hurt. And we always have to have faith that God is there to pick us up too. Because sometimes when we pray, we think, well, he's not answering right away. Is he there? But he is. You just have to wait and watch and keep praying and talking to him, and he's always there. Okay? You want to pray after me? Dear Lord, help me to have faith that you are there. We thank you for our parents and our grandparents and all those that love us. Amen. We stand as we sing, Stand By Me.
be seated. I want to invite at this time the members of the church uh, membership connection team to come forward as we share in a blessing of this wonderful ministry. Uh, late last year, uh, there were those of us who, who got together following a, a, a Bible study that really inspired this idea for Renee Edwards. And so in conversation, we made some connections within the body of uh, Christ here at First Church, and we met several times during the fall and received some, some training and some guidance from Bonnie Lee Witt, who many of us know uh, as chaplain of the hospital. And since that time, we have reached out uh, to those who, for whatever reason, may have been disconnected from First Church. Uh, on occasion, I may be in conversation with those of you here, and you may ask, uh, what, what happened to so-and-so? What happened to... Well, now we at least are able to say we've, we've got an answer in that we are reaching out and just trying again to, to bring those uh, who may be able, uh, who, again, for whatever reason, have been disconnected back within the wonderful community of faith that is First Church. So, Renee, thank you uh, for your inspiration here, for your leadership, and thank you, Diane, Kim, and Lil. also know that Kathy Dietrich is part of this team. I saw her earlier at Sunday School, and I'm not sure what it what happened there. Uh, and also uh, Anne Moore, thank you, Anne Moore is a part of this. So the ministry continues uh, and we are grateful for that and we are uh, grateful for this ministry and, and helpful, uh, trusting, knowing that God will, will bring great, great blessing through this ministry. So I'm going to invite you to share in bold print uh, in the blessing of the membership team as it is before us. Almighty God, Pour out your blessings upon these, your servants, who have been given particular ministries in your church. Grant them grace to give themselves wholeheartedly in your service. Keep before them the example of our Lord, who did not think first of himself, but gave himself for us all. Let them share his ministry and consecration, that they may enter into his joy. Guide them in their work, Reward their faithfulness with the knowledge that through them, your purposes are accomplished. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Again, we thank you. I'm grateful for this ministry. Share again from the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter. Let us hear the word of God. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even wind and sea obey him? This is the word of our Lord. Be to 
Although I am long removed from childhood at this point in my life, I still on occasion recollect the fears I knew as a child. And to be honest, I'm still not a big fan of horror movies, still not fond of closed-in spaces, and still not too crazy about being in the dark. Though a long way from being a child, I still recall well, and really have not totally left behind, these childhood fears. But then we never really leave behind our fears, do we? Even as people of faith, we are still aware of the presence of fear in our lives. In fact, I don't believe I was prepared as I begin my ministry several years ago to see how prevalent the experience of fear is within the life of the church. Yes, within the church, within this community of faith that, that I've served for many years, I have noticed throughout my entire ministry how often those of us claiming this faith, clergy as well as laity, are guided, even motivated, not by faith, but by fear. I'm guessing you understand that of which I speak. We may fear a certain church council meeting. We may fear an upcoming staff parish relations committee meeting. We may fear the next finance meeting. We may fear a change in church leadership. We may fear changes within the community surrounding the church. We may fear changes proposed for our book of discipline. We may fear for the future of the church called to be a community of faith, called to be those who proclaim salvation not through works but by faith, called to live according to faith in Christ, yet never too far, it appears, from the experience of fear. Now, rather than feeling some shame at this admission, we may find some comfort in realizing we are far from standing alone in this experience. In fact, we may be surprised, may even feel some relief as we read of how frequently in Scripture the response to the activity of God is a response of fear. Adam and Eve, we remember, hide from God in the Garden of Eden because they are afraid. When heavenly angels tell shepherds of the birth of Jesus, they tell the shepherds not to fear. When the women who go to the tomb of Jesus on Easter morning realize Jesus is not in the tomb, the women respond not with joy or faith, but with fear. Miracles performed by Jesus often bring about a response, not of faith, but of fear. We may remember the sad conclusion of Jesus' parable of the talents. Remember in this parable, Jesus tells of a merchant who gives three men, respectively, ten talents, five talents, one talent. The merchant then goes on a journey telling these men he will return, and upon his return, demand an account of what these men did with the talents. The men receiving the ten talents and five talents please the merchant with their, with their care of his talents, They've invested them and have received great dividend. However, the man receiving the one talent displeases his master greatly, 
He buried his talent, he tells his master, because he was afraid. Fear. So frequent within this testament of faith, recurring so often within this confession of faith, did we know that? We may remember, this morning especially, the story of Jesus calming the raging sea. We've shared this again from Mark chapter 4. Winds and water toss the ship carrying Jesus and his disciples. Jesus, we notice, is not troubled. He's sleeping through it all. That is, until the disciples roused him from his sleep, they do so with the complaint that it appears Jesus doesn't care whether they perished or not. Jesus awakens, quiets wind and waves, and asks his disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you have no faith? And his disciples are left to wonder about Jesus. Who is this? Even wind and waves obey him. They find Jesus in their midst, but still these disciples respond with fear. And we, as followers of Jesus, find we are far from alone as we experience fear, as we experience it even within this community of faith. And not only that, we are far from alone if we carry to this place of faith our questions regarding just who it is that Jesus is. In fact, do you find yourself stunned, as I do, to see that this story brings us to this point at which the disciples ask about Jesus, who is this, that even wind and sea obey him? I say I'm stunned because at this point in the Gospel of Mark, we conclude the fourth chapter of his Gospel, that is to say, we are about one-fourth of our way through this gospel. And to this point in the gospel of Mark, Jesus has called these disciples. Jesus has already driven out an unclean spirit. Jesus has healed many, including the mother-in-law of his disciple, Peter. Jesus has healed a man with leprosy. Jesus has forgiven and healed a paralyzed man. Jesus has healed a man with a withered hand. All of this within the first three chapters of this gospel. All of this early within the ministry of Jesus. And now Jesus calms raging winds, a storm-tossed sea. Still, after the healings, the exorcisms, the offering of forgiveness, his disciples witness to all of this. Wonder. Who is this Jesus? And you and I wonder, well, well, how can that be? How can these disciples, who have accepted Jesus' invitation to follow him, having witnessed all Jesus has done so early in his ministry, how can they ask, who is this? I mean, how much more proof do you need? Who else would Jesus be if he's not the Lord of wind and wave, the Lord of all creation. But rather than being hard on these disciples or, or critical of them, critical after all Jesus has done, you and I may 
do well to recognize that these disciples are not just speaking for themselves. They're speaking for everyone in the early church. They're speaking for everyone to whom Mark writes. In fact, it's true, they also speak for you and me. You see, those to whom Mark writes, those who are asked to believe Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God, are being asked a great deal. You see, these who first encounter the Gospel of Mark are being asked to confess about Jesus words that to this point in human history have only been confessed about God. They are asked to confess this, that Jesus is Lord of all creation. They are asked to believe Jesus rules over wind and water. And remember now, as far as Mark's audience is concerned, Wind and water are elements of great fear. They are elements offering chaos and a disorder for all who roam the earth. I mean, remember, those who sailed the seas and ventured across the waters were often those who did not come back. So to confess Jesus as Lord over these waters, that's no small confession of faith. You see, those to whom Mark writes are asked to believe words to this, that to this point had only been believed about God. That is to say, do you trust this Jesus to be with you through wind and storm? Do you trust this Jesus to be your anchorage, your sure and certain foundation in times of trial? Do you trust this Jesus for your healing? Do you trust him for your salvation? Do you trust this Jesus to be with you, to stand with you, to calm you in all seasons of danger and anxiety? The disciples of Jesus ask about him, who is this? But it's not their question alone, is it? This is a question still asked by those who seek to follow Jesus. It is a question that is asked when large gatherings of those within the church witness to disagreement even within the body of Christ. It is a question set before us when Holy Scripture is profaned for political purposes. It is a question never far from those who seek to follow Jesus. Who is he? So the disciples of Jesus, do they receive an answer to their question? As for you and me, do we receive an answer to this question? Who is this man? It was not that long ago that a young boy with a grieving and heavy heart had the chance to ask Pope Francis a question as the Pope was speaking to a public gathering of the faithful. But understandably so, this boy became too nervous and broke down in tears. I can't do it, the boy said about asking the Pope this question. I can't do it. Pope Francis noticed the boy's plight, tried to encourage him, speak, 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 he said to the boy. Still, this boy named Emmanuel 
wanting to ask a question about his father who had recently died, said, I, I can't do it. Emmanuel was worried that his papa isn't in heaven because he was a non-believer. Well, the Pope would not give up. Come, come to me, Emmanuel. Come to me and whisper your question in my ear. Whisper it in my ear. Emmanuel's sadness could be seen on his face and his sobbing could be heard all over. The Pope held Emmanuel close as he spoke with the little boy. And then the Pope shared with the world what he had told Emmanuel. I asked Emmanuel permission to repeat his question in public, said the Pope, and he said yes, so I'll say it out loud. A short time ago for Emmanuel, he said, my dad died. He was a non-believer, but he had all four of his children baptized. He is a good man, said Emmanuel, and he asked, is my dad in heaven? What a beautiful thing that a son says of his father, he was good. That man gave a beautiful testimony to his children for his children to be able to say he was a good man. He was a good man. It's a beautiful testimony on the son's part that he has inherited the strength of his dad and also that he has had the courage to cry before all of us. If that man was capable of raising children like this, it's true. He was a good man. He was a good man. God is the one who decides who goes to heaven. But how does God's heart react to a dad like that? How? What do you think? A dad's heart. God has the heart of a father. And faced with a dad, a non-believer, who is able to have his children baptized and to give them that courage, do you think that God would be capable of leaving him far from him? Do you think so? The crowd responded, no. And the Pope said, say it loudly with courage, no. Does God abandon his children? No. Does God abandon his children when they are good? No. There you go, Emmanuel. This is your answer. God was surely proud of your dad. Because it is easier being a believer to baptize your children than not being a believer in baptizing your children. Surely this pleased God greatly. Thank you, Emmanuel, for your courage. I find much in this exchange between the Pope and Emmanuel that answers the questions of the disciples and the question of you and me as to who this Jesus is. It's an answer found both in this exchange and in our gospel. It is an answer telling us Jesus calms storms in more ways than one. It is an answer telling us Jesus gives peace as no one else can. It is an answer telling us Jesus gives refuge from all that tosses us 
and all that tears at us? It is an answer telling us nothing can separate us from the love of God, an answer telling us whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. It is an answer telling us the Lord is with us. He leads us beside still waters. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He restores our soul. He is Lord of wind and wave, Lord of heaven and earth, Lord of all creation. And he is Lord of you and me. There is no other. invite us to stand and we will respond to the word as we share from the word from Romans chapter 8, it's number 887, we affirm our faith. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. No. In all things, we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us. We are assured that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now invite us to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. As we find our places, we prepare to worship God as he receives our tithes and our offerings.
I'll invite our ushers to come forward. Let us pray. We praise you, Lord, from whom all blessings flow. You are the one who is with us through always through all things, the one who gives us your peace and assures us of your presence. We praise you for the opportunity to worship you by returning these gifts we receive from you into your care, praying that they accomplish great things for the gospel of Christ. Amen.
we go now to God as we pray, as we share in the prayers of the people, and as we share in this time of prayer. I will speak various petitions, concluding each with the words, Lord, in your mercy, I invite from you the response, hear our prayer, and I invite from you the naming of those concerns or persons or circumstances that you would like to offer to God as we pray within this community of faith. We then will conclude with the prayer that Christ has taught us. Let us pray. Lord, we confess our fears and confess our desire to grow in faith. Help us, Lord, to trust. May we know our place within this community of faith. And may we be those who find encouragement from each other and those who encourage each other to trust you, to grow in faith, to know your presence in all seasons of life. And stir within us, O oh Lord, the memory of how you have blessed us, provided for us, sustained us, fed us in many ways through all seasons of life. Bring to us in our presence, our awareness, words of faith, confessions, scriptures, songs, witnesses from one another that have drawn us closer to you and assured us of your presence. Lord, we pray from this service, and in each day we may find ourselves growing with our confession, I believe. Lord, in your mercy. And hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. For our local officials, elected officials. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy.
Bishop Lewis, Janine Howard, the Ministries of First Church, Lord, in your mercy, and hear our prayers joined to those of your saints who surround you and worship you and praise you, and who are known with us as we pray as Christ has taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Our closing hymn, My Life Flows On, beautiful hymn. We stand as we sing.
We go now in peace and we go as a light into this community and beyond, sharing the good news of the God who is with us in all things, giving us peace, leading us beside still waters, and leading us from this place. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.